John Kim, and I serve as the president of a missions organization called Kairos Global. And uh, my wife and I, we have been missionaries for the past 15 years, and the Lord has taken us through different nations, lived in different nations to serve, and our hearts have been gripped by the Great Commission. Uh, it is our joy to introduce this podcast to you guys. And the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was, number one, to serve and encourage existing missionaries on the field. We know from experience the trials, the questioning, the hardships that go with living overseas long-term. Uh, and then also, number two, is in hopes to inspire the next generation to answer the call to say yes to the Great Commission, to go overseas, to live amongst the unreached, and preach Christ where he is not named. And so we're excited to introduce this podcast to you guys for our very first episode. Um, by the grace of God, we have one of my biggest heroes, Jackie Pullinger, uh, who has been a missionary for the last 50 plus years in Hong Kong. She came to Hong Kong in her 20s. God has used her to minister to drug addicts, to prostitutes, to people in society that most of us look down upon. But with the love of God, she not only uh, shared the gospel with them, but God has been using her to disciple them to raise them up as leaders, and God is using them as ministers of the gospel and reaching other people. And so um, she just has an incredible story, which which I'm so excited uh, for you guys to hear. And I hope you all, all are blessed by this episode. Jackie, it is an honor to be here. And Jennifer, thank you so much for setting this up. Could you walk us through what that was like when you were first called as a missionary? Yeah. No, I wasn't called. I was sent. Okay. Very clearly. So, um, I, I had decided to be missionary when I was very small. Um, not, not that I understood what it meant. It was mm -hmm. just that this missionary came to our Sunday school and said, could God want you on the mission field? Oh, wow. I had no idea what a mission field was, but it, in my imagination, it was like a football pitch. Um, so I told everybody I'm going to be a missionary, I'm going to the mission field, and that did not go down well <laughs> um, because people expected me to be a, a gooder child than the others. Yeah. So I kept quiet about that, and of course I didn't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. I believed in God, and I was afraid he'd get me in the end. Um, so uh, it was a long, long time later that um, I came to know Jesus. It was oh, nearly at the end of my college, I was at music college, uh, where I studiously avoided the Christian Union because oh, they wow. looked very boring. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> in my day, they were all organists, you know, and I very much liked the brass players. Anyway, um, <laughs> when I met a friend who invited me to a weekly meeting they had at, at coffee, and so on. And I saw people who actually looked as if they liked Jesus. I listened. Um, 
It's not that I hadn't heard the words or seen them before. I'm the way, the life, and the truth. It was just that this was the first time I was obliged to think, oh my goodness, Jesus said it. Oh dear, if Jesus said it, I'm going to have to make a decision. So it was very much an objective thing. It wasn't that I felt burdened by sin or convicted or anything. It was, well, either he's it or he's not. So um, that's how I came to Christ. I, I said, I'm afraid, Jesus, I'm going to have to accept you, um, that you are the way to the Father. Um, but I'm very sorry about this because I think it's rather narrow. And that's why I can perfectly uh, understand young people today mm -hmm. because they want everybody to be yeah. affirmed. But of course, once I'd said thank you for dying for me, um, I did understand that it was as wide as you could get, not yeah. narrow, because yeah. it was an invitation to all. So then I prayed, what shall I do? And every time I prayed, I got the, uh, the answer, go. Wow. Um, and so that's why I say I wasn't called. Um, so I, I thought, oh, well, this is my childhood uh, missionary idea. So I wrote off to the missionary society mm -hmm. and they said, no, you can't because you, you've, um, you've got to wait till you're 25. Um, and I said, oh, well, um, I'm afraid Jesus will come back before I'm 25. <laughs> could, could I please go a bit sooner? And uh, you, I do mind not being called a missionary, you know, like I, maybe I could teach in a in a school or something and they said no those are our rules so so i didn't know where to go or how to go yeah. um and it was before youth with a mission or uh some of the younger organizations that, that were not born yeah so i thought africa because when i was a child our church up the road had little notes which were called rwanda notes so i thought well maybe i'll go and tell Bible stories in a mud hut or something. So I wrote off to Africa and they said, um, well, we don't want musicians. During the course of this, I had a dream and a vision. These things were not strange because I was already reading my Bible and I, I knew that God could speak in those ways. Yeah. And uh, in the dream, there was a map of Africa mm -hmm. um, and many countries in it. In the middle was one, a big pink one, um, and I looked to see what it was called, and it said Hong Kong. I wasn't very good at geography at school, <laughs> so I, I, I said to my aunt in my dream, oh, um, I never knew Hong Kong was there. <laughs> and she said, yes, of course it is, didn't you know, dear? And I, I woke up thinking, oh, well, I've always thought missionaries go to Africa, and maybe the Lord's telling me to go to Hong Kong. Uh, but I didn't know how to go. And, um, and also a vision in church where I saw a hungry, hungry woman, um, very hungry, with the words, like on a TV screen. Um, and she was asking a question. It was an appeal what can you give us and I'm really glad that he asked me that question and I thought what do I honestly think I can give anyone 
you know, I can teach them to play the oboe. Well, that's really helpful. I see she's hungry. <laughs> could I be a, 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 could I be a channel for food? Or I could collect up old clothes or, and then because she looked hungry and there was a child with her, I thought, well, all of those things might be helpful briefly, but when I leave, she'll still be hungry. Um, and so what is it that would fill her up? And then I knew that the only thing that one has to give, and it's terribly important to get this clear at the beginning, was the love of God. Amen. The only thing, uh, if you get that straight, then all your other programs might work. Mm -hmm. but, but if you do the other programs first, yeah. without knowing that the central thing is to give his love, because that's what people are looking for. Sure. So I knew that that would fill her up and she could pass it on wow. um, to others. So I knew what I was to do, mm -hmm. but I still didn't know where. There was, a, there, I, there was a meeting too where the Lord spoke to me through a, an interpretation of tongues. This is 1966, oh, wow. where things like this were really not happening. Mm -hmm. But that didn't bother me because you know, I could see it was in the scripture. So mm -hmm. I was more interested not in the tongues, but in what the Lord was saying yeah. through it. And he said, go, and I will lead you, and I will teach you in the way you must go. And I thought he would, might say something helpful like, go out and find a woman who'll give you a ticket or such and such. <laughs> Nothing like that. After that, he said a few more personal things to me. And so I knew he was speaking to me. And I went off and saw the pastor and said, well, I can't move because the Lord's telling me to go, but I don't know where. So we've got stuck. He's not moving and I'm not moving. So maybe I'll stay in London and I'll help you in your church. And he said, no, no. Don't, don't do that. If he's saying go, you must go. Wow. So actually this was a, a very strange and wonderful thing because he's a very conservative man. Yeah. You know, he, he, it, was, it would have been about 40 years later before he was open theologically to the oh, gifts wow. of the Spirit. Yeah. Nevertheless, he had the word of God because he said, if the Lord's telling you to go, you must go. Why don't you get on a ship that's calling in the, the cheapest ship you can find that's calling in the great, greatest number of countries. Get on it and pray to know where to get off. Wow. So I thought, well, that's wonderful. Maybe, maybe we'll get shipwrecked. And there's, <laughs> then there's one person on an island waiting <clears throat> to hear about Jesus, you know, so I thought you can't really lose. Yeah. And he was also very smart because he, he said, um, Maybe you go all the way around the world just to talk to one sailor about Jesus. Wow. Or maybe you go all the way to Singapore just to play piano for a week of youth meetings. That's all. Mm -hmm. So what a clever man. He, it wasn't that I was going to get on the ship and get off as a missionary and yeah. do a great work yeah. or achieve anything. Mm -hmm. It was just a, a fun journey. and might come across someone who wanted to know about the love wow. of Jesus. Yeah. And so I was completely free. And because I didn't, he never gave me a penny. He prayed for me. Um, and no church gave me any money. So I had my savings uh, after I bought my ticket, which was 10 pounds. 
The ticket for the boat was ten pounds. No, it was ninety pounds. Oh, ninety pounds. Okay. <laughs> and that was ten pounds left over. Oh. So, <laughs> but it was one-way ticket. Wow. <laughs> which you could do in those days because this was um, a British colony. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I got on the ship and I prayed to know where to get off. Yeah. And uh, this is where I got off. So. Wow. Um, that's why I say I was sent. And then I got off and and with my trunk. Yeah. I really did think I was going forever. So I put in my music books and a few other important things, expecting possibly never to return. Wow. So I got off at the ocean terminal and then said, all right, now where? <laughs> uh -huh. And then the rest is wow. the Hong Kong story. So, so how long was the journey from London to Hong Kong on the ship? It was a month. Uh, but I spent a month in um, Malaysia because okay. my brother-in-law was in the army um, I see, I see. and so uh, I got off in Singapore which yeah. was about about the third fourth stop okay. I had my vaccinations for uh -huh. in case I needed to get off in India or yeah. Egypt or anywhere because we went through Suez Canal Wow! and so I said Lord is it here Lord is it here but when we came to Hong Kong um, I just found myself saying thank you Lord wow. you know but I wasn't fixed that it was here and okay. also this is clearly not my destination wow. I've not arrived yet yeah yeah so so how did you learn how to discern the voice of the Lord I think it was really 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 strong at that time because um, when I read the Bible mm. It was always go. Yeah. When I heard the dream, it was go. Mm -hmm. Mostly the word of God comes to me through reading the Bible. Mostly. Wow. Uh, this was, thank God, long before the, the so-called prophets popped up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I wasn't about to expect that they would get the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did know you could get it for yourself. Wow. Um, so I, I wasn't looking for guidance from any great person of God except the pastor who yeah. said you better go <laughs> wow. wow um no but i think it was probably very very strong because at that time um i don't expect um i don't expect the lord to say you wear blue shoes today you know yeah. or or take the number 13 bus occasionally those things happen but yeah. mostly i think we walk by faith Amen. mostly yeah not by sight yeah. um, and we walk trusting and I, you know I, I have to say to him if I'm on the wrong track would you please stop me otherwise I'm going to go on going forward yeah. because if I stop the whole time and say yeah. where's the next step but I know a lot of people like that yeah. they never move yeah. I think it had to be very strong because when, when I look back mm -hmm. I think I can't believe it did that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would never tell anyone to do that. Wow. It was clearly a word of yeah. a, a word of wisdom from yeah. this man yeah. who didn't even know. Wow. But it was right for me. Yeah. And so it, it th there wasn't any doubt. Mm. I mean, really, once I decided that Jesus was speaking the truth, it's why spend your life on anyone else or anything else? Yeah. This is it. Wow. I've only got one life, I better use it well. Amen. So, wow. How did you know what kind of ministry 
to engage with oh, arrived in Hong no, Kong? No, no, mercifully, we hadn't heard that word. Uh, See, I hadn't got any Christian vocabulary, okay. and thank God I never heard that word ministry. Yeah. Because it's so limiting. Mm -hmm. What are we supposed to do? Love God, love your neighbor as yourself, that's it. That's right. Never mind your <laughs> ministry. You'd, so really, if you look through the scripture, I can't see people that much had ministries apart from do the next thing. Yeah. And if the Lord is with you and in you, do the next thing. So what do you think Joseph's ministry was? Prison visiting, um, you know, or, or <laughs> standing up for the rights of men who are accused wrongly. No, those are just things he went through, yeah. but the Lord was with him. So I think uh, I, I, I would not talk about a ministry. I would talk about living. Okay. Your, it's your life. Yeah. So, uh, and this, you know, all I wanted to do was to share Jesus with people who would like to know him. The harvest is ready. Yeah. You assume that there are people everywhere yeah. ready. And as I, as I went on and, and as the years progressed, I was learning more how if you keep praying in the Holy Spirit, yeah. it's not that you feel sensitive, mm -hmm. but you get more sensitive. Yeah. And you're in the right place at the right time saying the right words. Mm -hmm. And they believe. Yeah. Um, not because of what you've said, but because the Holy Spirit has put you in the right place at the right time and they're going and they're ready to believe. Uh, you don't get any credit. Yeah. You just you just get to be in it somewhere. Wow, wow. So So when you were um, ministering in the walled city um, did you feel like your life was in danger or no um, yeah how were you able to control like any fears you had um, I'm often frightened backwards you okay. know um, when I think oh my goodness I, you know, I was just in that <laughs> you know. uh, but not uh, not going forwards you're less frightened than when you look backwards that is a really Good word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't think it up. I like being there. Oh, wow. You know, and so I think it's just where God's got you. Yeah. And where he's prepared for you to be. You can do that because yes. because he's made you for it. So mm. I liked it. Wow. And I, I really, you know, I couldn't understand anyone else who wanted to be anywhere else. Yeah. Really. Well, so, so you weren't trained and sent by a mission society and you end up coming to Hong Kong doing incredible work being used by God greatly did you ever feel like you were ill prepared or like you weren't sure of what you were doing or were you always confident that the Lord was with you he was leading you um, you know if I had known more I would have said too much and, and, you know, it's even like if I'd known more Chinese, I would have preached too much. And, you know, in the end, when I met all these gangsters or beaten old women, it was the same thing. They, they, they just wanted the love of Jesus. Um, they weren't really listening to your preaching. Yeah. Um, but they were, they were listening and they were watching. So... Um, 
I think I learned on the job, you see, because I'd only really known Jesus for hardly a year before I um, came. So I was growing up um, at the same time as I was learning. But I I did do an evangelism course um, before I came to Hong Kong, uh, four four weekends away with at a at a um, country house in England. So I learned. We are here. God is there. There's a great separation. You know that whole thing, the bridge of life. Well, it didn't work. I mean, obviously, it didn't work because I tried to do it in English. Uh, secondly. Um, if you're doing this particular thing, um, it's ages before you get to the good bit. And I was learning, and I looked at I looked at the missionary material in Hong Kong, and I thought it's all written by Westerners and translated into Chinese. Yeah, and the Chinese believe in spirits. Mm-hmm. Why are we going through the head? Yeah. Because I, I, if I walked past the old ladies who were guarding the uh, prostitutes, the young girls, they would say, Tang ye so hot dao lei, you know, you're going to listen to Jesus and learn the doctrine. And that's what they thought you went to church for. You went there to study because that's how you do. In, in Korean, yeah. in Chinese education, yeah. you, you, you learn the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that you understand them, mm-hmm. uh, but you learn them. Yeah. So that's what they thought church was. You learn the words wow. and you learn the doctrine. And I thought, oh my goodness, no wonder they don't want to come to church. Because I, I tried. This this old, old man who was guarding a... a Gambling den, you know, and he said, Please go, 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 go somewhere else, uh, uh, find someone else. Uh, you are ruining my business. Uh, and I thought, this, this is a, this is a dying old man, you know, he's, a, he's, He's a failed drug addict, so he wasn't even very good at guarding his gambling den, you know. And I'm trying to take him through four points of a gospel message. That's not good news. That's hard work. And uh, so I, I thought, invite him to church, invite the old prostitute to church, so I tried, you know, why I, the old prostitute was squatting over a sewer. And I thought, instead of just talking to her, I'll touch her. And um, she was terrified. Uh, the, the, she said, you've chosen the wrong person. She was embarrassed, not because I touched her. She was embarrassed because she thought I didn't know who she was. You've touched the wrong person. You don't know who I am. Go and find someone else. Go and find students. They'll make good Christians. And that was always the thing. Go and find students. They'll make good Christians. And that's what missionaries did. They found students. Um, Definitely not prostitutes and drug addicts or 
the kind of people that Jesus found. Yeah. They, they, they didn't want to come to church. So I thought, okay, they don't want to come to church. They don't want to go through four steps to Christ or the bridge of life or whatever. Jesus, how did you do it? So the, the, the helpful thing to your short question and my long answer is, what a good thing I'd not learned from people who are going to say this is how to do it. Because yeah. they're assuming you've got a platform yeah. and people are coming to a meeting and you make an invitation, you know. Uh, they're assuming a limited form of, of evangelism which works on some people. It sure didn't work on those people. And I thought, well, Jesus, how come when you were on earth, you walked down the streets and people ran mm -hmm. and one woman crawled across the floor to, with an embarrassing disease just to try and touch the, the, the corner of your garment. And so I thought, Jesus, we're trying to persuade people to come to meetings wow. or go through a talk. And you had people running after you. So would you please teach me? I'd like to do it like you did. So that was, that was the beginning of understanding that it was something else. Mm -hmm. The other thing, of course, by not being attached to a particular church or a group here was that you might have found in certain countries, if people know you're a missionary, they use you. Okay, you can get me into the right primary school. I can get a baptism certificate and then I can get into the USA. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be introduction to a school or what the, the benefits they can, or the respectability they can mm -hmm. get through going th through your institution. Or even one old lady said to me, she, she got a big bandage on her head and she found me in the walled city and she said, um, I want to be baptized. Oh, really? And I said, um, well, why do you want to be baptized? And, and she said, well, I fell down, you know, and um, I, 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 I might fall down again and I have no grave. And you know, it, it's, you must have a grave. And you see, Christians can get, in those days, not now, I see. A, a, a certified grave. grave. So if, if, she, if, if I could baptize her, she could get a burial yeah. plot. And I said, well, I'm terribly sorry. I don't belong to a group that give, gives out graves. So I've got no, no authority, but I can tell you um, how to have a permanent place with the creator of the world forever. And I introduced her to my Chinese mother, who was another old granny, and she introduced her to Jesus. So then she wow. didn't need a grave. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people want to use you. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, you can get me into the right hospital, the right school, the right job, you know, introduce me to this. Yeah. Of course, I had none of that. Yeah. No, no influence, no money. You know, no advantage. I couldn't baptize them. Well, I might baptize them, but I couldn't give them a certificate. Yeah. Um, and so it was, in the end, a very great advantage. Because if you've got all those 
perks that they think the church can give. You can you can grow a group quite quickly. Not yeah. that they'll stick, but yeah. but they've come for what they think wow. the church can give them. I see. I see. So all the things that look as if it was difficult were actually a, a better way for me. Yeah. I've never heard it that way, but that makes so much sense. Um, how long did it take you to get a grasp of Cantonese? And then how long did it take you to comfortably, you know, uh, minister in C Cantonese? We'll have to lose minister, okay? okay? Oh, we'll have okay. to lose it. Yeah. Well, sharing the gospel <laughs> and uh, sharing the love of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I won't use Quite. that word. No, no, it's, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, it, because I'm used to speaking to people who don't know Jesus, so I don't yeah. use words like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I learned as quickly as I needed. For instance, um, I didn't have to cast out a demon until I knew how to cast out a demon. Not that it matters what language you yeah, do that yeah. in, but I found that as I grew language, yeah. so I could use that language. Yeah. Uh, as I needed it. But apart from that, at the very beginning, I had to speak because those guys in the Walled City are not at all interested in learning English. Yeah. Um, and that's why most foreigners here never learn mm -hmm. because there are plenty of Chinese in Hong Kong who speak English. And yeah. So lots of people in Hong Kong think they know Hong Kong very well, but they don't. Yeah. They only know English speakers. Yeah. Um, so I guess a couple of years, and then I went on having lessons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you deal with homesickness? So you, so you came to Hong Kong. No, I was never bullet. homesick. Wow. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe after, after about a month, I had about three minutes of crying at, <laughs> at Hong, Hong Hong bus station. <laughs> and it was just because I did Hong Hong's a pretty well, any, anyway, I lost my way. And um, I've, I've always thought that self-pity is a very unattractive missionary quality. So it will, will not do. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't homesick. My parents released me. Wow. And, and they weren't Christians. But I mean, they released me. So I think it was the way I'd grown up. Okay. I had a twin. I, I've still got a twin. So we were used to... Uh, um, finding our own games, making our own way. Our parents never drove us anywhere. So we, we had to work things out, how we got to where we got to. And okay. yeah, so, uh, and also, of course, there were no um, overseas phones. Yeah. So after a, after a year, um, I did my first phone call back to my parents. Wow. Three minutes was all I could afford, wow. and I had to take a bus to the telephone exchange because you you couldn't do it on your home phone. But I feel very sorry for for Gen X mm -hmm. because they never leave home at all. Yeah. They bring all their friends with them mm -hmm. on their iPhones or their 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 uh, Facebook, mm -hmm. and every time anything's a little bit difficult. You know, they get a, a thousand sad faces or strokes, you know. So they don't need the Lord because yeah. they've got all those other people they wow. brought with them. Yeah. And and so I was like Abraham. That was what the, the pastor said 
you go like Abraham. And he was told, don't, don't take any of your father's household with you. So you leave, and uh, leaving is leaving. And if you've left, it's much easier than if you, than if you haven't left. Wow. So I think you settle those things before you go. Yeah. Doesn't mean to say it won't come up every now and again. Sometimes at Christmas it would come up, mm. you know. Oh, they're all doing this and this. And then I fairly quickly understood that it was a trick of the enemy. Wow. Because it was like the Israelites, you know, said, oh, we had all this in Egypt, you know, and they they fantasized about the wonderful place they'd left behind. It wasn't wow. wonderful at all. They were yeah. in slavery. Yeah. And at Christmas, of course, we had good times with the family, but every year my mother cried because she was up all night cooking and getting the turkey ready. And it was, you know, it, it was not all wonderful, there's yeah. friction. Yeah, Yeah. that was, there were great times, but I've, I'm having more than I'm missing. Wow. And, you know, I always feel that yeah. um, because I love sailing. And uh, if I could sail, I would think, oh, this is great. Not that I miss it when I'm not doing it. It's mm -hmm. just that I enjoy it when I am. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Most of our missionaries are single women, and most missionaries in general on the field are single women. Um, what advice or just, yeah, what words would you give to encourage a single woman that's serving on the field? Um, yeah, just through all the struggles a single woman might, might, might go through. Yeah, what, what words do you have for them? Um. I think that when you're single, you're, there are things you can do that married people can't. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, if I was coming back at two o'clock in the morning after having been to a certain district and meeting all these gangsters, I'd get sit on the minibus and say, thank God I'm not married. I don't have to phone my husband and say, put, put the peas on, dear. You know, because uh, uh, I... <laughs> I I'm free yeah. and that's why I think Catholic priests have an advantage because they really can if they will devote themselves to the Lord and his people first of all it's a plus it's not a minus secondly if you believe and I do that God is good and wants the best for you why would he withhold anything good from you yeah. which is what he said to David, after David, who'd had every woman he ever wanted, pinched somebody else's, why would he withhold any good thing from you? And if he's given his son for you, why would he withhold any good thing? So I, I, my prayer became, um, actually almost from the beginning, dear Lord, would you please protect me because I do not want to marry and make someone unhappy because they've married me. Not me yeah. being unhappy. I don't want to make them unhappy. So you better protect them from me. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, wow. so I, and, and you could see perfectly well that marriage doesn't make people happy. Uh, there are just as many unhappy married mm -hmm. Christians as unmarried Christians. And there are advantages in being a married one. 
only if you're married to somebody who thoroughly agrees with the same values as yeah. you and you're going the same way yeah. whether it's literally accompanying one another every day or not but to marry someone because you want to be married and then feel oh I gave up this and this and this because it's um, don't spend a lifetime regretting because you insisted on on because when you're married you've got to work at it mm. getting married's just the beginning um, you have to work things out and that's and that's why Paul says, you know, I wish you were all as I. So he's not saying, I wish you were all got the gift of celibacy or whatever. Yeah. He's saying, you know, to the single, great, don't change your state. Yeah. To the married, great, mm -hmm. don't change your state, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So we're trying to mobilize the next generation of missionaries. And, you know, the young generation, they, you know, they're at an event preacher gives an altar call to go they get excited they say yes and then the next day happens and then they question their decision or some are just having anxiety or just maybe unsure of what they said yes to what well, what would you say to that young person who's kind of going back and forth you know whether to go or to stay but everybody must go that that this is non-negotiable it just depends where, wow. whether it's uh, to the other side of town or to another country, uh, that this is a non-negotiable. Yeah. So if it's the Universal Commission, it's the Universal Commission. Yeah. Uh, when you walked forward, you meant it and so did God. Now you need to get ready to go somewhere. Wow. And that might mean some growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the chief reason people get in trouble. Yeah. because they like God um, but when they get to where they're going they can't get on with the other people yeah. and, and that's a problem mm -hmm. um, so there's some growing up and so I think it's not a question of did I hear wrong yeah. um, it's a question of yes you heard right and you meant right mm -hmm. just like when, when before he died Peter said before Jesus died, Peter said, I'm ready to go to prison and death. And Jesus said, the time will come soon when you'll hear the rooster crowing, you know, three times and you'll deny me. So just earlier in that passage, uh, Jesus had said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you. You know that passage? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Satan has desired to sift you, plural but I have prayed for you, Peter, single, mm -hmm. singular, so um, that when you have turned back, you will strengthen your brothers. So Peter meant it, mm -hmm. I'm ready to go to prison and death. Wow. And it, it wasn't a mistake, he meant it. Mm -hmm. The fact is Jesus knew he meant it and he wasn't ready. Wow. So he said, when you turn back, you can strengthen your brothers. And that's why I think Peter got called the rock wow. of the church. Not that he was very rock-like, yeah. but that the rock would be the grace of God in, wow. in choosing somebody who'd done something so awful at the last minute yeah. to be the foundation 
which the church was going to stand on. Grace. Amazing. Isn't it? Wow. So, so I don't think people have heard wrong. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they didn't mean it. And I think when they've said yes, the Lord absolutely accepts it. Wow. And now he says, there's some getting ready. Wow. And, you know, in the getting ready, that might be some falling down because Satan's desire to sift you. Yeah. It's not going to prevent you from going. Um, even though Timothy had to have two shots. But at least he had a second shot. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Just a few more questions, a silly one. Um, was there anything you ate here in Hong Kong that you thought you were like, oh my goodness, I have to eat this here? Like it was so challenging for you? Or, or, or was the food easy? For, I mean, food here is amazing, but... Well, you know, I, I, I lived very simply. Mm. So I tried to live on a Hong Kong dollar a day. A, a dollar a day doesn't buy you the things you don't want to eat. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 well, you know, I, you, I could have a bowl of rice and an egg on the top and that was quite enough, you oh, know. Wow. That would only be about 50 cents in wow. those days. So later on, there would be the, the, the delicacies <laughs> yeah. a bit more expensive. Wow, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you learn to deal with chicken's feet and things. I, mm. I'm not thrilled with snake and, uh, <laughs> and, and sea slugs are my absolute no-no. But <laughs> there you are. Everything else is mostly okay. <laughs> oh wow! And um, and as you were learning the language and you know assimilating to culture, was was there something about the culture that was challenging for you to understand or to accept? Like it doesn't have to be anything serious. Was there any like uh, misunderstanding with cultural things that would? Um... Uh, well, I I think of two examples. First of all, in those days, and it's changed now, it was very rude to imply that somebody wasn't married. So they would call me Mrs. Pullinger. Yeah. And I said, no, no, I'm Miss Pullinger. Uh, 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 and they said, oh, terribly sorry. Yeah. But, but they had no qualms in saying, how many pounds do you weigh? <laughs> or <laughs> or yeah. how much rent do you pay? You yeah. know, it's just different. But the, I had two cultures um, and, and to go through here, the general educated culture and the subculture okay. of the gangsters and the very poor, which are different. So uh, I remember meeting a young man in a bus queue once. No, it was a taxi queue. And he said, what are you doing with your weekend? And I said, or I'm taking our young people hiking, you know, well, what do you do on this day and that day? And so I was, I was teaching full time, by the way, at the beginning. And so I was using my weekends and evenings and holidays to do things. And he said, oh, why aren't you playing bridge or meeting other, other teachers or other people in Hong Kong? So I was astonished by his response. Obviously, in his mind, educated people of a certain level would spend their time with educated people of a certain level. I doubt if it's quite like that now, because most people admire people that are doing good works. Yeah. But he definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so it, it was also, the subculture was very strange because we were in a time of great um, co uh, corruption uh, with, the, with the police and vice and things. So, um, in the country I'd come from, when when you saw something wrong, you know who to go to. Yeah. Or if you went to court, you knew how things were supposed to work out. Mm -hmm. And then I saw it didn't work like that at all. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure if there are a lot of places on earth where it does work that well. Yeah. E even the one you're living in. Yeah. Um, where you can see that it's weighted against certain people. Yeah. And so they don't have a good understanding of a righteous God mm -hmm. who sees all and cares still. Wow. Because it does look like a favor for certain yeah. people. So I was, I, was, I was learning all that about this culture and finding that in the end um, I hadn't got an answer. Um, you know, if there's a, a little girl who's sold and I find out that it's a policeman who sold her into prostitution, who do you tell? And how do you get her out? Um, and if a man is accused unjustly and goes to court and there's no free lawyer, what do you do? So there were many things like that where there was no answer. Mm. I think many of us, we want to bring a solution. And there isn't. But there is always God's heart. And so in all the examples I've mentioned, it's God's, God's heart um, that, that shone through and people were looking. And the fact that I was would sit in court when somebody was unjustly uh, found guilty for a completely trumped up charge, which I knew, um, and the the policeman laughed at me because they knew I knew, and they said, "Why are you crying?" And I said, "He didn't do it." And they said, "Oh well, you know, if he didn't do this, he did something else." You know, he's got a record as long as your arm. Yeah. Uh, that's fair enough. And, and I said, no, it's not. Because, because you see, in court we're supposed to tell the truth. And I believe in Jesus, we're supposed to tell the truth. This was me, you know, just... But everybody remembered those times. Everybody remembered those times. Because... Because I think that's what they think God would be like. So you, e e e even though you haven't brought the outcome you hope, all of that is when people are watching and the glory of God comes. Oh. That's evangelism. Amen. Wow. And uh, last question I have for you is a young person that is praying about going, and if they're even remotely thinking about Hong Kong, like what would you say why they should come to Hong Kong to serve as a missionary? It's tough. When people first come here, we normally put them with the, the, um, the men or the women who are coming off drugs or the teenagers. 
and that's 24-7, so they don't get their own bedroom. They'll sleep in a dormitory. It's because we live like a family, so it's not that you go to work and then have time off. They all have some time off. But um, so the plus is if you're really serious about serving Jesus, you'll very quickly need him. (laughs) (laughs) And we desperately need help. Because uh, after COVID and everything, we have a very great shortage but of, of overseas help. But whether you're called to Hong Kong or Brazil or Venezuela or Sudan, it makes no difference. Mm-hmm. I think there are things that we can train you in that you can use anywhere. Wow. So we usually say minimum of two years, but... that's just the beginning of your lifetime of mission Mm -hmm. so we're interested in training you for a lifetime of mission and uh, yeah we'd love it if some came this way but uh, for at least two years uh, and then ongoing somewhere else well we hope to train you know young people and send them to to you guys for two years at least yes at least Oh, we'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. We're praying that the Lord breathes on this and whoever listens to it with a challenge and answer the call to go. So thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you were all convicted and challenged as I was when I was with Jackie. And I just want to point out one of the books that she has written called Chasing the Dragon. It shares her story in much more detail. Make sure you check it out. And please stay tuned for our next episode of our podcast. You don't want to miss out.